combination of uh, Reading Rainbow and the Pink Panther <laughs> on Jazz Tip. Uh, hey, welcome to Change the Lives. Happy Thursday, everybody. So, Change the Lives, hosted by yours truly, Deontay Burton. I'm back from vacation. We had a one-week hiatus, and we're here to rock and roll. I'm uh, rejuvenated. Had a nice vacation in the Bahamas. Nassau, me and my family went for my son's PJ's uh, graduation present. Had a blast. So, mm. just uh, I'm excited to get the sh- uh, show started today. It's my son, Torian, chiming in. What's up, buddy? Um, we got an exciting show planned for tonight. As uh, I s- uh, talked about earlier in the month, we're sticking with the theme of Black History Month. We're not talking about history in the show. We're talking about more so uh, issues in the black community. Okay. And tonight's show, mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about uh, uh, does powernomics really work? You know, powernomics is a, you know, we're talking about a, a theory and a practice by uh, Dr. Claude Anderson. He's a black economist. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go into depth about it. We're just going to uh, have a good discussion about it tonight. Okay, okay. And everything, you know, hopefully see how that goes. Um, just rehab. Well, first, let me say what's up to my awesome producer, DJ Lab. What's going on, brother? Nothing what's happening. You, you don't look tan. Uh-huh. You look tan. Shit, I'm too damn black. <laughs> I done been burned so much, I'm trying to just not come back peeling. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rejuvenated and everything. Also, what's up to Slick316? Also want to give a shout out to assistant Joni and everything. So, uh, How's she doing? Yeah, Joni good. Joni good. I talked to her yesterday. She's doing fine okay, and everything. Um, as always, we rehash the previous week. Um, again, I had went to my, my vacation to Nassau, Bahamas. Had a good time there and everything. Me and the family went. We uh, it was a cool trip, man. It was a cool trip, okay. man. Like I want to tell you about like when we. Like it told me when we got to the port, that was my first cruise. Okay. And so like we got to the port, you know, everybody jumping in front of you, you know, want you to take your own tours. You know me, I like, no, nah, my tight ass. We ain't going on no tour now. We're gonna walk around. <laughs> we gonna walk around. around. Man, we got to the damn uh, <laughs> corner. Yeah, we got we, we walked a little bit past Senor Frog. We, we walked actually walked to the beach. Oh, okay. Shit, it was so damn hot, man. <laughs> damn that. Let me get into my ragged ass van. <laughs> They show ragged. Man, I'm talking about, hey, we stay, check out the story. We went <laughs> to the beach, walked around for a little while. We mailed it. So, seen this one brother with a ragged van. You know, hey, man, well, come on. He said, what's up? I'm Tiger. Tiger uh, Hood, not the wood. Okay, get in. That's why I told him I had the little fake grill. <laughs> right, right. We get in this van. Okay. We drove about five miles. There's a this huge hotel. I forgot the name of it. He's talking about the Chinese had bought it. Uh, maybe like five or six years ago, but then the company went bankrupt and it sat for like three years and it just opened it up about a year and a half. Okay. But we riding, right? Here he go, oh God, oh Jesus. I'm looking over <laughs> at him. What the hell wrong with you? We were there, we got a flat tire. Oh, shit. <laughs> and we in this old ass 18 van. And I said, hey, you know, hey, you got a spell, right? Uh-huh. He said, like, no. Hey, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm right. over here and I'm talking about this rag. You know what I mean? He got the push button right. changing the radio. The wow. He got one of those. I thought it was an 18 van. 18. <laughs> what the hell? They had a scooby doo mystery machine. Man, that shit. What's one of the 1972 <laughs> conversion vans? <laughs> Shoot. And we, so he called his buddy up. Uh, Got Michael. Michael came and got us. He was in a new van. Okay. He got in. So his brother, he picked us up, and it was cool, man. He took us around everywhere. Like I told you, the first thing he said, well, I want to show you the ghetto. <laughs> Shit. Shit. 
Yeah, hell, I've been looking at it for the past damn 30 minutes. And everything. <laughs> so he took us around, but he was very informative. Uh-huh. Shawnis Ryan took us to a old slave uh, depot. Uh, he took us to a rum factory. He actually took us to a hotel Atlantis. Okay. He was like, yeah, this is what's Sydney Portier Bridge. We crossed over there and everything. He was very, very knowledgeable. Took us that when he would drop us off, he'll drop us off like 20 minutes mm-hmm. or 30 minutes. He'll come back and everything. Let us walk around and come back. Uh, that's also one of the places I went to Hotel Atlantis had the free Wi-Fi, so I was able to connect, answer <laughs> emails and everything. And uh, went there. He uh, took us around to a couple more places. He was real cool. So shout out to uh, Michael. We did a tour that Sunday. Went to Coco Cay, okay, uh, to the island. You know, we did it to the water park and everybody. You know, we walked around the beach there. So we had, we had a good time, man. Okay. I was a, uh, I had a blast. I really needed it. Like I said, man, I was like seventy-two hours. You know, I was away from civilization. Couldn't answer no phone, could do no business. I need to let my battery recharge and stuff like that. So it was real cool for me, especially from a mental standpoint, just to kind of decompress. Yeah, and it took me like a day or so, man, really just to come down uh, from everything and stuff. So it was cool with that. Um, came back here, you went a heart attack season, man. I appreciate all the support with me getting from to Majestic Business Services. Like I said, I met with 15 people yesterday, man. Mm. We were getting it, man, getting <laughs> it. You know, and everything. You know, I kind of keep Thursdays kind of blocked off on the calendar because of the show and everything but man tomorrow gonna be the same way so i appreciate all the love and support we got from majestic business services uh i put some more of the contact information out later on in the show so uh we've been knee deep in that uh, this saturday well let me say this first um uh, my son uh christopher he'll be wrestling this sunday in the uh georgia freshman state wrestling uh championship tournament this sunday oh, okay so big shout out to chris with that today before i came to the show my my baby boy william they had the Wax Museum where you go there and touch him. He's Jesse Owens. Oh, really? So, yeah, I went up there and take him. I had put him in his practice session on Facebook and Instagram yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, but today he was in his little uniform, uh, his little track uniform doing yeah. it. And I'll post that later. So I did. I went there before the show. So I'm real proud of what we'll be with that. Now, this Saturday, me and uh, my son PJ, we're going to the Veteran Empowerment Organization. There's, there's a nonprofit organization. They help distressed veterans. They have an annual fundraising mm-hmm. uh, dinner this Sunday. I was invited okay. uh, to it because it's a uh, $200 a plate uh, black tie event. Right. You know, Pooch ain't got that. Say, <laughs> <laughs> so the only way you was going was invite. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Nah, it's shit out of my pay grade. I, <laughs> I moved up to the $100 plate events and stuff like that. I just started that a couple years ago. Say, right. The 200 Oh. Uh, Oh, uh-huh, no. Then they're going to skip you to the $500. Yeah, man. <laughs> hey, hey. Take invitation with that, too. But I'm excited about it. Me and PJ going to that. Um, he's excited, too. Him getting ready to go in the military. I uh, think it'll be a good, good opportunity and good opportunity for me also to meet people and stuff. And uh, me being a disabled veteran myself, I'm always pro-veteran. Uh, and we, we have a lot of times that people, uh, especially with the media, with mm-hmm. you know, Colin Kaepernick, people not respecting the flag and stuff like that. And what you find out as a veteran, especially a disabled veteran, we really, you're in the military, you know, or coming out of veteran, you really only care about other veterans. Right. Because you do so much stuff while you're in the Army or the military, period, that you might not personally agree with. Mm-hmm. But mission dictates everything. Right. And so you're, you, you, you're doing a job where you're protecting other people's freedoms that you don't necessarily like or get along with, whatever, but that's mm-hmm. the job. So when you get out, we really just care about other veterans. 
Yeah, that's not what they going on. Exactly. And I don't think the vast majority of this country does it. That's one thing to tell people, like, I appreciate your service and thanks for what you did. But if you really care, you know, go down to one of them VA hospitals and stuff like that. Because you got some young guys up there, especially come back with PTSD mm-hmm. and a lot of trauma from different events that's going on around the world that uh, really need a helping hand. So if you really want to extend uh, some help to a veteran, you know, I advise you to go there. This mm-hmm. particular organization, the Veterans Empowerment Organization, they're based right there on uh, Westlake Avenue on the west side. Okay. And uh, it's a... Um, You'll, if you go, if you're on the west side of Atlanta, you'll notice that if you go down West Lake, it's right before you cross over North Avenue. It's like a, yeah, well, well, it's right before if you're going towards Bankhead, right before you get to cross the North Avenue, it's a that little used to be a dental office for years. Next to it, it's like a high-rise house on the upside from apartments, um, and they house like help veterans like have may have drugs or drug addictions, homelessness and stuff. I'm reintegrating back into society and everything. Okay. So this is uh, their annual uh, fundraiser right. and everything. So, matter of fact, me and PJ, I've been renting tuxes for the past two years. I went and bought my tux what? yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like a damn fool. I've been renting tuxes for $250. And that'd be, you know, two, uh, two or three events. Nine, $99. <laughs> $99. Shout out D&K by Greenbrow. All right. <laughs> $99. You said, what the heck? I feel like it. <laughs> yeah, no, I did a worse. I called myself. I know, right? <laughs> and then they had to sell hell. I bought two tuxes. I got two pair of shoes free. Really? Man, I feel like a fool. All this damn money. I said, shut up. Man, come on. Exactly. Yeah. Don't rub it in, lad. Oh. But I was just saying, like... <laughs> But it was cool, so we're excited about doing that uh, this weekend, you know. Uh, again, uh, this Change Live host by yours truly, Deontay Burden. Tonight's show, we're going to be asking, does power uh, nomics really work? Uh, again, like I said, when I said at the beginning of the month, I wanted to, in honor of Black History Month, I really didn't want to go too much into about, uh, we hear enough about, you know, and which is great, which I do think it should be going around 365 days out of the year, about uh, uh, black history and have it always taught just, as regular U.S. history, uh, the kids. But I wanted to kind of tackle different subjects that affect the black community. And um, with uh, powernomics, again, that's a, a, a practice and a theory by Dr. Claude Anderson. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to talk about it because he's real big into uh, group economics, um, political, uh, group thinking, uh, group economics, group uh Political work, uh, doing businesses, you know, blacks, you know, uh, together empowering each Power other. Numbers. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And that's it, you know, uh, thing with that. But I want to go into depth of the show. Look, is it something that's more theoretical, is it, or is it practical? Okay. You know, and everything. And um, we're looking at the show. We're, we're, we're thinking about the show. What had crossed my mind was, you know, yeah, a lot of times people are talking about what goes on in the black community. Black folks don't do this. Black folks don't do that. Actually, put a, a couple of polls up on Instagram and Facebook. Um, do you ask question? I ask question. You know, do black people, you know, support black businesses? Also, well, do you feel like the one of the biggest threats to black businesses is that they don't support each other? And the other one is, what do you think are the biggest threats to black businesses? Uh, put those polls up. A hundred percent people thought that black people were one of the biggest threat. They don't support black businesses. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a threat. Just that question. Do you? Su- Feel like blacks don't support black businesses. Uh, uh, 100%. Uh, I forgot how many people. I had probably like 30 some people responded. Mm-hmm. I don't said no. Mm. And I got a myriad of, of, of a, 
uh, answers in regards to uh, what do you think some of the biggest threats? You know, non-support, uh, the white man, the system. We don't, you know, try to, you know, do certain things. It was just different stuff right. that was on there and everything. And that's really what we want to do this show, try to get everybody to get their opinions and everything so we can have great discussions. Uh, I also reached out to my brother, Laron McGee, told him to make sure he... So check in. Check in <laughs> and everything. And um, what had me thinking about this show in particular was, you know, I look at a lot of times that you look back at the, the Jim Crow area and segregation where we had to do a lot of things uh, as far as function with ourselves mm-hmm. because we weren't allowed to do yeah. certain things. Yeah. And so we were forced to deal with each other and we, with that said, we, we, we owned, there were some of us that actually were very empowered. We owned our own businesses, owned our own movie theaters, owned our own car, cab companies, hotels, and everything like that. But um, we were forced to do that, you know, as a part of segregation. Mm-hmm. Once integration came, a lot of that stuff disappeared. And we have vast different opinions in terms of we lost a lot of that because of integration, where well, we used to own that and everything, I have a different view about it because, again, I um, I felt the people that owned it were the people that owned it. You know, I felt like, you know, you still had the vast majority of people running around that had no money. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I think you had more blacks that were, had an opportunity to do business, but I think they just were – uh, a small number in regards to still the vast majority, most blacks didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I look at it in terms of when we look at, when we did a show previously, you know, that's one thing everyone can go back and look at the show we did last year in regards to how many times did the black dollar go in the black community where we, you know, discussed, you know, uh, the how, how many times as far as the, the dollar may revolve in different races within that particular community and the same thing with the black community. Um, I don't look at it from a simple perspective like we have to do business with each other. Not mm-hmm. saying we shouldn't or should, but I don't know if it's an we have to. The reason why I say this is because if Asians and Indians, and we're going to go into depth about, you know, who has head starts and who has, you know, different things to help, and we'll go into that further in the show. But if they can make straight industries and businesses and livelihoods on us, they're not looking at, you know, they actually starting businesses up with just say, okay, we're just dealing the black community. Mm-hmm. Why we can't do it to them? You know, why we can't have the Marine gay bar? Why Lab and Deontay can't open up an Irish pub? You know, and we just don't have our face in them. That's true. You know, pretty much all the soulful restaurants I go to, majority of them are Asian ran. Yeah. When last time you went to a New Orleans seafood place that didn't have a a bunch of Asians in there mm-hmm. cooking it, and it was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> right? No MSG. Just yes. <laughs> no season sauce. Exactly. So what's up, Chris B? Uh, that and that's what spurred you know me looking at the show because I hear that so much you know especially you know with people discussing different things with black businesses, uh, is it you know, practical. So mm-hmm. that's why I want to do tonight's show. Does power numbers really work, mm-hmm. you know, and everything. Again, this is Deontay Burden. Our show is Change Live, hosted by yours truly, me. Um, make sure you go to the YouTube channel, Change Live, hosted by yours truly, Deontay Burden. You can check us out 
Um, we subscribe to the YouTube channel. Go to the Facebook uh, page, Changing Lives. We're streaming live on uh, both of them and everything. Got a lot of great videos, over 160 videos right now. For you guys to get uh, over, what are we at? Probably 60 shows, 60 or 70 shows. Mm -hmm. Another 100 something of those three to five minute uh, videos you, you guys can check out. So a lot of good information where we talk about family, finance, uh, love, and uh, parenting. All kind of great motivational stuff um, on Changing Lives. Also, make sure you get a chance. Go to Mr. Short Dollar where we talk about just business, uh, personal finance, real estate investing, and uh, what else we talk about, Mr. Short Dollar? Everything pretty much finance related. Mm -hmm. So uh, make sure you go to that YouTube channel as well. Uh, as always, uh, on our videos, we provide all the links to, to go to it and everything. So make sure you go to that. Also, a new thing that I did add on to all my Facebook uh YouTube videos is that uh, the email list. So make sure you, uh, I mean, I put it on the Facebook page as well. Make sure you join the email list. Make sure you go there, hit that link, put your email address on there. We're trying to build that email list so we can actually give you more good products, let you know what live events and speaking of things we got coming on down the pike. So make sure you hit that link to, uh, to join the email list, put your contact information on there as well. Also got a slide for you, put your birthday on there. You might get a birthday gift or surprise. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, just give you a, a little background information about uh, Dr. Claude Anderson. Again, he's a, um, a brilliant man, and I follow him for years. He's a black economist, and uh, he's the father of uh, the powernomics theory. And he talks a lot about black people uh, empowering themselves and to be able to work as a through group economics, where we're doing a lot of uh, group thinking, group operations, where blacks, we can control a lot of things for ourselves in terms of... Um, um, economics, political, financial, just being able to empower stuff. If we work to, as a unit together, we can control a whole lot more things in the, in, in the country and also the world uh, as a whole. He talks a lot about dealing, you know, doing business with ourselves, also doing business with, in Africa. Okay. Um, very big on, you know, self-empowering ourselves and everything. And I, I've followed it for the past couple of years. It's a great theory mm -hmm. uh, with doing it. But the reason I wanted to kind of go in the show because I really wanted to talk about is it just that a theory? All right. Uh, oh, let me slide in some. Hey, if uh, somebody's trying to watch on YouTube, I don't know where the stream's at. I put the stream key in, and it's, the live haven't popped up on your on your channel yet, so okay. I don't know. And it's working fine over here, so it may be a YouTube issue. So okay. just letting y'all know, it'll be up in a little while, but. I don't know why it's not streaming. I can't figure it out. Everything's working in the cockpit, so it's not me. As always, we give you other modes to look at it. So <laughs> if you can't get us on YouTube, catch us on Facebook, catch us on Instagram on the Deontay B seventy seven, or you go on Periscope. Go on Periscope. Misfits Media Group. Misfits Media Group. Live right you. now. You have no excuse whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that layup. Uh, give a little background information about power economics again. That's a uh, it's a package amount of principles where developed where he explain uh, different key components that you know if if, if joined together it can um, help uh, create and distribute wealth in the black community. Okay. And again, some of the key principles that being you know group economics and group politics. Um, I've listened to it in terms of you know over the years and stuff, and it's not nothing I can sit here and just give a. 20 or 30 minute explanation the book is almost three over 300 pages so mm -hmm. and it's a very uh intense book that you have to probably read twice 
to kind of grasp it and everything like that. Mm -hmm. But theoretically, that's one of the biggest proponents about it, just group economics of us working together. Um, my view, I kind of look at it in terms of, you know, is it just a theory? Because I haven't really seen it in, in practice. You haven't seen it actually, yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. You haven't seen it in, in, in action or you haven't seen anybody really try to really put it in place. Well, the thing of it is, you know, you have your, you know, throughout, the, you know, even like now you have different like co-ops or you mm -hmm. may see like a community where people are working together and they're providing different things and stuff like that. But they're, and they're making what we call those sustainable communities mm -hmm. and everything, but on a larger scale, say yeah. city, county, state, nationally, I haven't seen it. And is it impossible? I don't think nothing's impossible. Um, but the thing of it is, is that in my mind, I just wonder sometimes is it necessary? Yeah. I, I, to your point of is it impossible, I'm not going to say it's impossible, but it'll be a difficult task to, to achieve because we're so spread out. We're so we're we're spread out as people in, in general. We, we we live everywhere. Absolutely, or is it even needed? Yeah. You know that's that, that's another thing. You know when I was just looking at it, on my vacation to the Bahamas, mm -hmm. you're looking at an island, ninety three percent uh, black. Mm -hmm. This is by two thousand ten U.S. Census Bureau statistics. I'm just not throwing <laughs> nothing. <Damn. laughs> I get inboxy question. How you know? <laughs> Blame me, blame the government. <laughs> uh, but Steve's talking about probably 90% of the inhabitants of the island don't own anything. Mm. And you sit there and look at it, is that some of that is oppression? Some of that lack of opportunity? Some of it just be not no implementation? Mm -hmm. We go into, let's, let, let's dissect your local black community. Okay. Where you sit there and look at it, okay, what's the typical business in the black community that we own? Bobby look, barbershop, beauty salon that we own. Mm -hmm. Might be barbershop, beauty salon. Uh, might be your little food truck stand yeah. out down the road. Barbecue maybe truck. a little, yeah. maybe a little restaurant here and there. Uh, detail mm -hmm. and possibly a daycare. Right. Okay. Those typically the businesses we own, and a lot of time motivation doesn't go any might, further than that. Might sell some clothes too. Might sell some clothes. Yeah. I got, got you, got you, got you. We have to have the clothes thing. Yeah, your little boutiques and stuff mm -hmm. in the neighborhood. Outside of that, that's about it, capping at that. Uh, how much revenue that generates in the community, that's kind of sporadic and everything. But, again, we know those common things. You know, there's not too much intuitive to go past those. Right. Okay, let's stop for a minute. Let's look at the major revenue generators in the black community, mm -hmm. that being your gas station, beauty supply store, liquor store, and, uh, grocery, store grocery store, mobile phone stores. Mm -hmm. How many of us own them? Right, especially the gas station and grocery stores. Okay, okay, we can go. We're gonna we're gonna dissect and go some uh, plate ways. Okay, why don't we have it? Hmm. Why don't we have it? Yeah. You feel we better than that? I'm gonna say the process to getting them is a little bit more than opening, getting a space, and throwing a barbershop or a hair salon in there. Maybe the process, because, you know, when you're dealing with the gas and groceries and stuff, you got a lot of stuff you have to go through, a lot of processes and stuff. Now, not, not saying that the people who own them are smarter than us or better than us or more patient or whatever to get them. It's just that the process is a little bit harder. I'm going to say that. Totally get that. Okay. But if it's, to, but to that point, if you say a neighborhood, just say a neighborhood of 
5,000 people. Mm -hmm. Not one. Right. Not five. Not ten. Yeah. But the Indian come over here. Right. And the Asians come over here and they can do it. Yeah. Not one. Come on now. Right. Shit now, come on now. <laughs> I understand that and I agree with that. And the theory is a lot of times is we just don't want to own it. We don't feel like we can. Right. Hell, I'm more stuck on we'd rather work in it than own it. Right. I don't want to own a damn grocery store. Shit, I just want to work, you know. Don't want to sit there and ply it. But why not? Right. You got folks working at the damn grocery store 30 damn years. Go to the produce section inside out. Right. And then never cross their mind they can own their own. And you have some little pockets here and there, but again, they just stay where they at. Yeah. The gas station thing, I mean, I think uh, it went viral. The guy uh, held Tara Boulevard, the brother bought the, uh, the gas station. Everybody going crazy. Man, you got so many damn programs. That shit ain't difficult. Right. Man, they got some of the programs they got for minority. Minorities to buy their own damn gas station. All they do is Google and read. I be telling them all the, I'm telling people all the time. I'm sorry. We tell people right. all, the road all the time. That minority women, they got so many programs to help minority women, like men too. But women, man, if I was a black woman, I own everything. Because the programs that they have for us, for them, is just so many. I know people say a black woman is the last one on the list as far as whatever. But they have programs for, like, it's so many things they have. I mean, just grants and programs for black women is just amazing to me. The, 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 the thing of it is that... It's not actually even what's available or not. It's taking the actual initiative to find right. out. Yeah, That's the thing about it. People aren't attempting. Mm. People just talking and assuming. And we're sitting there looking at, you know, about in terms of us working together. When I sit there and look at right now in this day and age, you can actually, when we're looking at just a community base, to, to your point, which you brought up earlier, about neighborhoods are so stratified. Mm -hmm. When we look at a neighborhood now, your neighbor may be white, one side, next side be Asian. Mm -hmm. And typically, when y'all go to the grocery store, you may go to the grocery store, the Walmart at the corner, mm -hmm. the gas station at the corner. And it's just whoever owns it, whatever. It's mm -hmm. just living what in a matter of uh, conveniency. Mm -hmm. You may go by where you see you know, a black-owned store, because I think more so consciously, you say, let me go support this brother. Right. And go there, here and there. But if you're not living in a predominantly black community, that's how that is. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you, if you, you know, I won't say progress, you just move somewhere, you're not really going to go out of the dang way to try right. to sustain somebody and everything like that. And we're going to get to that because I got a, a lot of people say, well, why don't you go out your way to support a brother, this, that, and that. And I, I, I got a response to that. Because, you know, me being on the Majestic Business Services, you know, a bulk of my stuff I do outside of tax season is business development, business consulting. Right. And a lot of times when we talk about just from a group perspective, we can do a lot as a group. And I'm very big and a big proponent of doing stuff working together. But at the end of the day, I don't necessarily know if you have to do that because right now we're in a day and age where you can make tons of money just on your phone. Mm -hmm. The world is flat. And if you have a global perspective as a business, and in your, like I, we talked about before, like mm -hmm. a guy selling Kente cloths, if people you know don't necessarily want to buy a Kente cloth, they don't mean they support black business. They just right. want a damn Kente cloth. Right. But there's somebody in the world that wants your Kente cloth. As a true business owner, your focus need to be finding who the hell want my Kente right. cloth. 
It's trying to get people to buy it that don't even want it. And that's where we start talking about you being a business owner mm-hmm. and everything. We we have we 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 we're a race of people that are so brilliant and have so much potential, but I I just think a lot of time we just don't uh, spend a lot of times uh, trying to develop ourselves to being better business people. Mm. You know, from a group perspective, you know, to your point, we we spread out. Right. It's is it, we're not living together. You know, in Negro Town, mm-hmm. we ain't all on, on the other side of the track no more. You know what I'm saying? We came across track. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, in theory, would that be practical? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I guess my question would be: Yeah, we support black-owned businesses, but why would the black-owned business want to be? If I'm a business person, I don't want my sustainability to be within the neighborhood. What I mean now, don't get me wrong. I still want to have businesses in my neighborhood, but if I'm going to be sustainable and I'm going to grow, I got to be a global person and think outside the neighborhood. I should my sustainability shouldn't be if this black guy, or my my brother or sister walk by and I they don't buy anything, I'm going to go out of business. I should have other sustainable assets and other sustainable customers to where if they do walk by, I, they do walk by and don't buy anything. I still have other revenues of of, of businesses coming in. I mean, I have a website. I have this. I have that. There's just so many other ways to generate business where you could still stay in the black community and still make sure that we good in the community, but your revenue generation is coming from other places. That's that's a great point. And I look at it in terms of just say when a baby born. Mm -hmm. When a baby born, his vision is blurry. So they see kind of maybe some opaque figures and this, that, and that. And it's just between that, just say, couple months to maybe a year how the vision open up and then as a baby like a year old they see people hear noises and stuff like that and they have their own different kind of interpretation mm-hmm. but as you get older you realize things you can speak and do different things like that the analogy with the business owner is that people keep themselves in the baby phase where they just limit themselves i'm just going to do this mm-hmm. if you evolve as a business owner the more you know your vision expands mm-hmm. If you can't see no more than this damn, excuse me, this strip, mm-hmm. that's all you're going to see. But if you put yourself where you're going to evolve and learn, your vision expands. Mm-hmm. People don't want to see past that. That being because they're not competent, uh, scared, mm-hmm. um, hard-headed. It'd be a, a number of different reasons why that, you know, they don't expand. But when you, like you said, we just want to be stuck on that. Now, with that said, it ain't nothing wrong with it. Like, I just want to stay in the community. Why I say that? Because uh, Timmy Wayne, they got the uh, the Chinese restaurant. He's making a fortune in the hood. Right. So it is telling you it is possible. Right. But you got to have a business model for that niche. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that, it ain't going to work. But at the same time, Timmy Wayne might seem like he's making a fortune from the hood, but you don't know what other derivative things Timmy Wayne got going on. His other revenue streams may make it seem like he is making a fortune in the hood, but he may have that offset in that business. You get yeah. what I'm saying? No, totally agree. Totally so agree. it may be, it may uh, the appearance of, oh, Timmy Wayne making a ton of money in mm-hmm. the hood, but Timmy Wayne got other revenue streams that are sustaining that business within the hood. That's, that's what I'm saying. We could keep our business in the hood within our community, but at the same time, we gotta have we gotta have a global vision 
of that business in the hood. So, we got to be in everybody's hood. No, you totally agree with you. Again, this is Change the Live, hosted by yours truly, Deontay Burton. Make sure you go to the YouTube channel, Change the Live, hosted by yours truly, Deontay Burton. Subscribe to it. Go to the Facebook channel, uh, Facebook page, Change the Live, hosted by Deontay Burton. Make sure you like the page. Um, what am I forgetting? Uh, it'll come back to me uh, in a second. Uh, tonight, I'm sorry, tonight's show we're discussing does powernomics really work, you know? And um, to lap, to your point of, yeah, you want to have a global perspective, but I don't want it to seem like where you can have a local business model that can make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. You know, just say if you have, you don't have any other streams of income. Okay. Just say you just got a beautiful supply store. Mm -hmm. And Asians, he might have one, he may be making a killing, Mm -hmm. but he has a niche down business that's great for that community. The thing what I'm, I'm trying to get at is that not necessarily, I don't want to go too much past that. It's just that that business model works for that particular area. Right, okay. You know, if you have, you know, a, a all wall, you've seen a Walmart close in particular areas mm-hmm. before because it wasn't needed for that particular area. Mm-hmm. We can say some Walmarts just thrive. They just stay packed. Some don't. If you have a particular business for that particular area, the people in that community need that service, it'll be there. But also, I, you know, that's the thing about it. A lot of times we're not looking at for what I'm doing is it needed. And now I was going to say that mm-hmm. we have to do our due diligence and see what's needed in the area. We can't just say, oh, Tammy Wayne making a ton of money selling hair, so I'm going to sell it. Mm-hmm. We got to figure out why is he selling a ton of hair? What in what does he have in there that's making him sell a ton of hair? If he's got a lot of gray hair that he's selling, then I need to figure out what other color hair that he don't have that may be a catch. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. You gotta find like if, if I'm selling like if you selling widgets mm-hmm. and you making a ton of money off of widgets, then I come along and say, Well, he's selling widgets. Well, I'ma sell glow in the dark widgets. You get what I'm saying? Because I see he's selling widgets, but his widgets don't go in the dark. My widgets gonna go in the dark. Let's Absolutely. see what happens with that. Absolutely. And see the just knowing, you know, being that savvy as a business person, that's what I think a lot of people miss. So, again, we start looking at, again, I'm not saying the group economics doesn't work. I'm asking, like, is it needed? Mm-hmm. Because even to that point, let's just step out of the neighborhood. If I know that we're the world's flat and we, we're dealing in a global economy, that if I got a product that, that may have a very big need in Asia, in the U.K., in Australia, and I'm trying to sell that to my local neighborhood or local economy, it, it's not going to work. Right. But I can put do a, a, a have an Amazon store set up. I got fulfillment centers set up around the world. Whereas at the end of the day, I'm pushing this kind of stuff going out. You know, hey, I could be making millions of dollars on a global perspective. Mm-hmm. But for you to understand that, you got to, like I said, work on your vision to learn that kind of stuff. Right. You just can't think. At a certain level, especially when you start talking about I'm a business on the CEO or anything like that, I just think that people limit themselves with that. And like I always tell people, you know, if you want to get in the business and actually, you know, you, you want to go from that side hustle to actually be recognized as a business person, I mean, you can just go in Atlanta Metropolitan College, get you the basic associate in business classes. That'll equip you with enough knowledge. You don't even have to go and pay for that. They got free courses online now. Exactly. Well, you know, just to equip yourself right. with some kind of basic knowledge of a business person, basic business, basic management, basic marketing, basic accounting, just to kind of give yourself some kind of foundation mm-hmm. in business. Um, again, it's the Change the Live, hosted by yours truly, Deontay Burden. 
tonight's show, we're talking about does power numbers really work? And what I want to do is go over a couple things that what I think is hurt black businesses the most. Um, I'm going to say this, and again, I just, you know, I'm just being honest. This is just me coming my personal experience mm -hmm. and everything. I don't think that we're at any shortage of uh, uh, competent and expert, you know, black business owners or, or when I say competent, people that actually produce products or services. Mm -hmm. We have outstanding uh, plumbers, outstanding electricians, out people outstanding uh, bakeries and restaurants. Food is great. Um, and I don't think we have issues. I think the customer service issue we have is the same everywhere. Yeah. I can go to a white restaurant and get the same, you know, and everything. I think the issue comes up just from business competency. I don't think that we're really equipped in terms of just being knowledgeable business people. Mm -hmm. That's what I, you know, I've know. And, and to be honest with you, you know, it's going to, you know, a couple of these steps. Number one, it's not really a racial thing. I think most people go into business and they're not necessarily, you know, knowledgeable on how to do basic business. Mm -hmm. When I mean basic business, I ain't talking about going and shaking somebody's hand and doing good work and giving them a fair price. No. I'm talking about uh, have a decent perspective of how business operates. Because mm -hmm. your fair price may not be a good price. It might, be a, yeah, it might not be a sustainable price. Exactly. And having the wherewithal to understand that. Because you want to cut them a deal, sell them something for $15. But if it's costing you fourteen fifty just to make it, mm -hmm. that 50 cent ain't going to be able to cover no cost. And just having that kind of knowledge to do all that front-end analysis to do that, that's what's not known. You know, your basic, you know, business education, you, you learn those um, breaking-even analysis, the cost-benefit analysis, just knowing all that stuff you got to do on the front-end before, like you say, sell one widget to say, okay, I got to charge this. Mm -hmm. And I got to sell so many of these to pay rent. Right. And I got to sell so many more to cover payroll. Mm -hmm. And if I don't do this realistically, I can't have it. And if you see those numbers on the front end, you just won't do it. Yeah, you got to do those cost of, cost of profit analysis to see what exactly exactly is needed from year, month, week, and day. Yeah, and, and, and that's one of the things about it. When we're looking at this, I just think most folks don't really spend their time investing themselves. Be it if you want to go to Georgia Perimeter, Atlanta Technical College, or like you said, spend a couple hours, a couple weeks of days on YouTube and Google getting information. People don't want to do that. People rely too much on past experience, which is that past experience, but it's not new knowledge, mm -hmm. uh, and don't want to invest in themselves. And unfortunately, you know, again, I tell people all the time, you know, we, we talked about it in the, the show a couple weeks ago, we talked about, you know, the education worth the cost. Mm -hmm. You're going to pay for it sooner or later. If you're going to pay for it, you know, to go to school on the front end and get educated, or you're going to pay later on, on to have somebody that knows that information, that is educated on it, to fix it. Mm -hmm. You're going to pay for it regardless. It's not going to be free. Yeah, you're going to pay for it regardless. Mm -hmm. Through your money, your time, or your heartbreak. Some way, regardless, you're still going to pay for it right. and everything. You cannot afford getting educated. And like we said, education is not necessarily something you learn in the classroom. It can be through experience. It can be through working with somebody. It's just any kind of knowledge or experience that you can acquire. And a lot of times, uh, uh, when I look at black, black businesses, uh, black-owned businesses, they're not spending a lot of time with that. They're not spending a lot of time trying to invest in quality human capital. Mm -hmm. That being, you know, hey, lab is a guy I click for myself, for example. 
people come to me, they want this accountant, this business consultant. Well, I got to pay for that tax season right now. <laughs> right. What's the first question I get asked? How much? That How much you cost? <laughs> I ain't gonna pay that much, I, man. Come I, on. I don't have them conversations. Right. I got too much education, too much experience. We offer too many services. I mean, we get free audit protection. I pay for the premiums. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that, that look, we, I'm not charging a premium, but I ain't, I ain't missed a forty percent tax in none of my advertisement. Do you see Mister Discount or Mister Dis? Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna do that because we're gonna give you quality service. We've been in the game 19 years, mm-hmm. and you gonna pay for it. But what you're not gonna do is have headaches at night, or you got to worry about. You know, if you get a letter in June, okay, I can't find Deontay, and I'm getting that boop, boop, boop. <laughs> right. You know, you go by the office, nobody there. They phone going to ring. Exactly. We got somebody there. You know, like I said, again, we, we offer free audit protection. Somebody call, listen, you got over almost, what, $3,000 to just cover any kind of errors or omissions. Yeah. Those kind of things you're paying for, and, and, and you're covered with that. And I just think a lot of times when we start talking about the human capital, paying the right people to do certain things. You want to go on Google and get a contract that has so many loopholes on it mm-hmm. that you don't want to pay a lawyer to just do all this kind of stuff to cover you, it's going to blow up in your face. I think a lot of times we have a problem with, I think that um, once we start as business owners and start thinking that we know everything, mm-hmm. business is going to fail. Because you never know everything. You can pretend to know everything, but you still, if you're not constantly learning as a business owner, constantly learning something new every day or trying to learn something new or thinking about a way that this business can be better every day and trying to go and figure out what you're thinking about, how you can implement that in your business, uh-huh. then eventually your business is going to fail because, for one, you're not innovating. You're not thinking about other things. You're not thinking about other ways you can get business. You may be frying chicken, but you might be thinking, well, sure, I'm going to put cornflakes on the chicken, make it crispier. You're not thinking about that type of stuff. You have to always be thinking about other ways that your business can be better than your business. You get what I'm saying? You're not competing with the guy next door. You always should be competing with yourself. That's also a point you bring up. That's that's one of the things that, you know, not only in business, just in life, you just can't be comfortable. Right. That's why it's no longer a a Sears or a J.C. Penney. And Walmart, you know, because you underestimate people. And Pier 1? Pier 1. Why they gone out of business? Let me just think about it. Because they innovate. You know, Macy's, all these places. You let see Amazon come. Come on now. Oh, he just selling well, books. They seen it coming. They just underestimated it. Right. And they didn't evolve to do it. You know, you look at a lot of them stores, you know, they near the end, they start doing online commerce. But like, man, I'm not gonna be on no damn internet. What's the internet? Right. Instead of just trying to, you know, adjust to the times. And that's what happens a lot of time. We get comfortable, we get lazy. Mm-hmm. We don't see things and we don't want to react. And uh that that has happened a lot. When I again, when I look at it in terms of, um, you know, from a group theory, mm-hmm. I think from a moral internal standpoint, you should help another brother out. You should help see another sister need. You should do it. And I agree with you one hundred percent. You know, but is it necessary? Mm-hmm. Is it necessary to be sustainable? I had a conversation with uh, some some brothers earlier today. We were just chopping up. One of them, a friend of mine had us on the phone together, and uh, the brother brought up that uh, he, he really feels that a lot of um, Blacks, we should be doing for us to be successful. We, uh, I forgot the exact way he framed it, but in general, it was like for us to be successful and you know, long term, we need to be doing a lot of business in Africa. I mean, it's a idea, but I don't think that's you know necessarily needed. I'm just saying there there are kids today that you know, I mean, kids, just people making hundreds of thousand dollars sitting in their underwear. Man, 
I, I, I subscribe to this website called Wealthy Gorilla. Mm. And it's a guy on there. They call him the Instagram king. All he do is be on Instagram. Net worth $200 million from Instagram. Mm-hmm. YouTube sensation. Net worth $45 million from YouTube. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. So when you say that the world is flat, it's definitely flat. The problem is that we get tied up into physical physical businesses where we physically got to go into something or we I'm gonna give you a good example with this business we do here people always say well we got it we need to get a storefront no the hell we don't because for one we got to think about the cost of the storefront for two I don't have pro- I don't have any problems getting people want to do shows down here in the dungeon you get what I'm saying yeah absolutely but you get so caught up into we need a storefront. We need to be on the storefront. We need to be on the street. No, you don't because if you're offering something that somebody else is not offering or offering a product that people are not really thinking about, they're going to come to you anyway. People going to come to you anyway because they want to get what that product that you're offering. Everybody wants to be a part of what you're doing. So if you're doing something that's innovative and that has a, a prospect of being better than the past or being better than then you're going to get people to come to you. We get so tied up in the physical things and, and it's got to be a storefront or it's got to be a this. We don't think outside that box. And that box, there's no, there should be no box anymore. And, and typically, a person that will say there is a person that really doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Because what we find out, especially when you get in the business, the wrong to your point, you can't be more focused on the package or the box to come in more than the content of the or inside. Yeah. You know, we worry so much. You worry so much about the the cake box instead of the actual cake. cake. That's where you lose it. Yeah. And you don't really understand that until you go through it. But as a consumer, a lot of times, you think in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. I tell my kids a lot of times when we look at businesses, I said, don't ever get traffic confused with profits. So like you said, you know, we were talking earlier, you see a store got a lot of pl- people coming in and out. And all of a sudden they closed. Mm-hmm. What the hell happened? They was they was doing some good things. Yeah. You see what the brother just closed? I mean, he got all kind of reasons where they sit with the soul crab and everything. You don't know, no, I forgot the brother's name. You know, he's had a lot of reasons why he closed. It was but called Soul Crab. Soul Crab. He was, what's the guy, you know, uh Darius can cook, but he had a couple of his restaurants closed. Yeah, okay. different reasons. Okay. But my whole point is that I know they got different reasons why I closed. But again, you can see a business that mm. is actually got traffic, but you don't know the cost they're operating at. You don't know if you're making a profit. And I'm not saying you closed because of that, but I am saying that sometimes you can get so focused on, from a consumer perspective, they doing good and they big. You see a, a club jam-packed, but you don't know what kind of money they losing in rent, mm-hmm. insurance, uh, all other kind of stuff. All that stuff that you got to add in there. Exactly. That actual owner got to sit and look at it. And again, a lot of times people get in the business and they come to me but man, we just bought this. We did this, that, and that. They never did that on the front end or even during the kind of trim fat here and there because, number one, they might didn't try. They didn't know. They didn't try to find out. You know, and now, and then when it's almost time to try to get a life raft and, you know, without drowning, it's too late. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, I want to have that discussion tonight, and I want people to, you know, leave your comments. Um, and this time we can even revisit, you know, at a later time. Be thinking about that. Again, you know, is is the group thing necessary? Because, again, I think it's great from a theoretical standpoint. 
when we say black folks can't do this, black folks can't do that, man, for us to have been through a lot, I mean, I looked, I looked at, what was the movie, uh, Boss? It okay. just came out on George Public Television, uh, Black Business, The History of Black Businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a documentary that just came out about a month ago. Okay. And everybody look at that. Okay. Black, the black business experience, boss. boss. And it went through like a historical perspective of like we went through uh, 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 emancipation mm-hmm. and emancipation we got for, yeah, and then uh, you know, the Freedmen's Bank, going through all that kind of stuff with, you know, Black Wall Street and Harlem Resonance, Sweet Auburn, how we started businesses, even when we started businesses and we got, uh, started getting to a certain level, how whites would come wipe us out, kill us and everything, take our businesses, and how we even bounce back and stuff. And just be looking at some of these people that didn't have anything, but they had that hustle bustle to want to do it. But even when you look at that, in the perspective of the thing, the grand perspective, was it a lot of us doing well or just more of us that's doing well in perspective then? Because mm-hmm. even right now, you look at it that um, I think you probably got probably more black millionaires now. And you have a lot of them making it, you know, through probably non-traditional right. methods. And when I mean non-traditional, I'm talking about just not your regular nine-to-five job. Right. Uh, being entrepreneurs, entertainment, and different things like that, um, we haven't embraced some of the challenges to try to find out how to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, when you want to have some kind of success, success is uncomfortable. You're going to sit here and make some sacrifices, and it's painful to make sacrifices because you're going to get some things up that you want to do. Yeah. And I think the vast majority of people out here don't want to do that. That's why the vast majority of people ain't successful. Yes. There, without there will be no success without sacrifice. Mm. You got to realize, you got to sit back and realize some of the things that you can't and won't be able to do once you become successful because you got to sustain, you got to sustain that success. Success is not is success is not easy. If it was, everybody should be successful. Successful is successful is a hard thing to do. And it's a hard thing to sustain, and it's a hard ladder to climb because there's always thorns and everything that's stuck to that ladder when you're trying to climb it. But you have to be persistent perseverance there's days you're gonna be like man i'm so tired of this but you gotta see you gotta have a vision of you get what i'm saying you gotta have a vision of and a key word to forget that i think most people just don't fall into discipline discipline <laughs> you know realizing yeah. you gotta you might have to stay up a little bit later you might have to think of a, a proposal or you gotta send out an email or you gotta do this or you gotta do that on top of working a job too because you got to be sustainable in what you're doing your business is not making money but eventually it will yeah because here's the deal lab and i i just really want to stress this again this is change live hosted by yours truly deontay burden uh make sure you go to the youtube channel subscribe to it change the live hosted by yours truly deontay burden go to the facebook page uh, uh like the facebook page change the lives also, make sure you go to Mr. Short Dollar. We talk about business, finance, pers- personal finance, uh, real estate investing. And the tonight show, we're talking about this powernomics really work. Powernomics being the uh, uh, the theory by Dr. Claude Anderson, where we do a lot of group economics, group political base, group group operations, uh, uh, mainly with the black community. I'm gonna say this, man. I think it's a big damn cop out a lot of times. And because we say, you know, we talked about this on previous shows where we look at, okay, you know, people can come to this country. They got, you know, we brought up earlier, have different uh, advantages Mm -hmm. where they have different opportunities, you know, uh, already to get pre-funding. They have certain things set up, tax breaks and everything like that. They got it. But like I always say, once you make the decision, get in the race. Me and you finna race. Mm -hmm. Lab got a 10-meter head start. You know, then I got another guy. Slick 316, 
standing at the start line. Mm -hmm. They got my black ass laying on the ground with my feet tied up. (laughs) Once I make the decision to race, I cannot complain about it. Now, we bring awareness to it. We Mm -hmm. know it ain't. But you made a decision to run. Mm -hmm. Okay? And once you made a decision to run, go on and get into it. Here's the other thing to it, the other side of it. When we cross the finish line, I might then beat you, but I finished. Mm-hmm. So if you made 100 million, Slick made 50 million, I made 1 million, I made that. Right. Now, again, is it fair or whatever? No, but it is what it is. Your question you ask yourself, would I rather not compete at all and say keep running my damn mouth or let me get started? The thing we got to sit here and say to ourselves is, we know things ain't fair. We know things ain't always right or wrong. But we really going to have problems always trying to keep ourselves in comparison to other people. Mm-hmm. We can look at that from ourselves and white folks or Asians and Indians. Hey, we look at it most of the time with just black folks. Ourself and ourselves. You know, exactly. <laughs> ourself and our people. I can't get tired of with your money. Right. Because I got to make my own. Exactly. Way. And I think so many times people keep themselves in neutral because they don't want to make that initial movement or that initial discomfort to try to get certain things because they so, you know, whatever, feel, you know, in action, whatever, and can throw out this kind of stuff. You got to get out of that. Yeah. I think also we get tied up into watching other people's success. We, We... we distract ourselves with seeing how successful. Like I can say, oh "Man, Spoochie real successful." I, 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 I got. How he doing that? You get what I'm saying? We get so I get so tied up into how you making your hundred mm-hmm. million that I ain't even start making my. I ain't tried to make my hundred million because I'm so wrapped up in what you doing. Yeah, I ain't even started the race yet. I ain't even got it going because I'm study watching you yeah. instead of me. Watching you and taking notes from what you're doing, maybe, and try to get my own things. I'm never starting because I'm so tied up into what you're doing instead of paying attention to what I got to do. You get what I'm saying? I can't watch your money. True enough. We might, oh man, he got so much money. Here I am doing such and such. I can't worry about that. Yeah. I got to worry about how I'm going to catch up to you in this race that I'm running because I've already decided to run a race. You get what I'm saying? Absolutely. I may not catch up, but goddammit, I'm going to finish. You, you know what? And, and the funny part about that, on the other the flip side, of, you got a lot of people that are doing well. They're selling. They're doing well. And you could be like me, but they don't sell the journey. Right. They don't sell the pain. They sell the finished product. You know, just, you know, look at me. You see I'm on this. You, you go on YouTube. You see me on this yacht. And I did this, you know, a couple years ago. I wasn't making any money. And, and that's joined, exactly what. You join my course for $1,000 a month, and you can have this stuff, too. And you're like, oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh. People see those optics, and it looks good and stuff like that. But, again, they don't want to spend that time to find out, like, look, man, it ain't that easy. Yeah, five years ago he was, he was doing this, but did you realize that 15 years ago he was trying to still get this course going? And that's the thing about it. And I, I, I really want to have these conversations with people because, again, what I do think is, just in conversations I've had in the past week just by this particular subject, what happens is I think a mm-hmm. lot of times, especially from an age perspective, mm-hmm. A lot of people, especially 40 and over, definitely 50 and over, they can't even process how people are making money now. Mm-hmm. 
You get people in well, their sixties. I'm old forty. I processed. Well, 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 you know, well, 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 you're not the norm, though. You, yeah, but you, you understand what I'm saying? When I'm talking about processing in terms of, you know, how just say kids making money on, through like you said, Instagram king. Mm-hmm. Like you're not the norm to be doing that. Mm-hmm. Just being straight up, yeah. the especially so you go past fifty, definitely sixty. They don't even want to do email. Right, right. You right. Man, they, they, man, let me tell you something. I I've been in a lot of organizations, man. Do you know how that was? It was pulling teeth to get, especially when I say organization, talking about that more older people. Mm-hmm. They didn't want to put use mm-hmm. PayPal, any kind of e-commerce or payment processing. Mm-hmm. They want to still take checks, right? For cash, right? So now you got everybody living off their phone and stuff like that. They don't want to be sitting there doing that kind of stuff. The money is digital now. It, 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 exactly, exactly. And, and, and when you do that. Look how you've limited to who you can get. And so I say this to say that I think if, and, and I don't know if that's an easy fix because people, how open you are, especially with older and everything like that, uh, or how open you are to try to learn more. Let's take out you just don't understand, mm-hmm. just willingness to learn and embrace it. I think a lot of times in business, younger people are meant to run businesses. I think older people are there to give more wisdom and guidance. guidance. And depending on where you're at on that spectrum, from an older person, how willing you are to kind of be flexible and let certain things go. That's as far as I think I determine mm-hmm. how your, your company's going to go uh, with doing certain things. And you see probably some of the most um, uh, growing companies, they have older people at the helm, mm-hmm. but it's younger people running. You know, running it. Because, again, they know the fresh ideas, but the older person can kind of say, well, listen, you're going too far left. Mm-hmm. You might want to try to understand you're doing that new stuff, but you maybe want to do that. And you see that again with a lot of uh, churches, mm-hmm. uh, probably some older black organizations. They've kind of got to a point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you know, you've seen that and kind of, you know, and everything. That's probably why you see uh, uh, Ebony and Jet and all them mm-hmm. kind of just plateau because they didn't do what, mm-hmm. you know, Vogue or maybe some other places did. They were too slow to respond to certain things mm-hmm. and you see the aftermath of that so again tonight when we talked about the power numbers really work i think it's a great idea and i do think it could work i, I want to see it in practice but i just don't know right now where we are is it the key solution i think that personally uh, as black americans i think a key one of the biggest things we need to focus on is learning how to take advantage on what's available to us. Uh, it's great to sit here and say, hey, we can work together and do certain things, and I think we can. But I do think we need to take advantage, we need to take advantage of empowering ourselves to, to learn what kind of global economy we are in and how we can take advantage of it. Because mm-hmm. the world is cyclical. What you can make money in now, you may not be able to make money in five years from now. It may not be an afterthought. I mean, the brother that sold CDs 15 years ago was making bank. Right, out the what back of his he, car. He back selling incense now. He can't drive yeah. No more. Come on now. Come on now. Just look at that. Yeah. Even from, I mean, that's why Kodak went out of business. Mm-hmm. They I mean, didn't innovate. He, exactly. I read a, I read a documentary. Yeah. I read a book about that. Or what article. It was like a 10-page article. How they were just so slow to come around. To and they, you know what the thing about them was? Digital photography. They already had the digital stuff. Exactly. But they didn't go with it. Exactly. So somebody else came. They already had the digital cameras. Exactly. 
they had digital cameras. They's like, no. Nah. And like, that's when I forget who uh, who it was. It was a small company came in with it and swooped it up. Exactly. You seen that with uh, same thing with IBM. Mm-hmm. With you know they had all the personal processors and yet them got Microsoft came and got it. That's the thing about it. We have to be prepared. And like I said, it's Black Americans, I, I really think our focus needs to be empowering ourselves with knowledge. And once you empower yourself with knowledge, then we can find or chart out a path to do it. I understand. You know, again, it's it's a matter of personal opinion. There's some people out here that are a lot more educated and knowledgeable on certain facts than I am, too. Mm-hmm. But I do think that depending on where you are in that hierarchy of life and hierarchy of social status and stuff like that, sometimes we can, we up here, we understand what the man down here, you know, dealing with and living with. But a lot of times we don't forget. Because mm-hmm. once you done got fat, you kind of forget how it was to be home. I'm great. You remember, you remember, and it's good to talk about. And you don't want to think you, you, yeah, you forget, you forget, you forget opening the refrigerator, and it's empty, and then coming back two hours later, and it's still empty. Yeah, there you, go. you get what I'm saying? But I think that we as black folks, we have to have a, pers- we have to have innovation, perspective, and discipline. We gotta be able to, we gotta be able to visualize the business, innovate the business and have the discipline in order to make the business grow. We can't just start a business, set a chair outside, say, here they come. It don't work that way. We see it every day. When everybody starts to be, what the first thing they do? Mm-hmm. Post on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Come on, do this, that, and that, and everything like that, and just think that's going to happen. The ground game. You got to have a ground game, too. That's why I tell folks all the time. You got you to gotta have a ground game. You can't post it on Instagram and think they're going to come. You got to send an email blast. You got to go to the stores and hand out stuff. You got to do a bunch of things that you wouldn't think you normally do. Sure, internet is great. Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff is great for advertisers. Don't get me wrong. But you're going to miss some folks or you're going to miss some things if you don't have a – you got to have a ground game to know if these people even want what you got. Or really, you know, you got to have a ground game to use the internet. That's not uncommon. Don't sound that, but, like, but everybody gonna like your post mm-hmm. for your shirt, but not all everybody gonna buy it. But there is some people that want it. Your job is to find out who the hell want it, mm-hmm. and that's where people get lost at. Because again, you already know that if you only have two thousand Facebook friends, let's say two thousand, five thousand mm-hmm. Facebook friends, you had the max. Maybe one percent gonna buy your stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just it. That we you have to, you have to do those you have to do those analysis. Yeah, the one percent. You got three thousand followers. Only one percent. I'm gonna like your stuff and anyway. You 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 got to go out there and get that money mm-hmm. and figure out how it is. You know, and everything. And I, that's just one of the challenges I want to pose to people. So, but money don't walk. I gotta go get it. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And I just think that you know, again, you know, with tonight's show, we talked about the power numbers really work. I think theoretically it's great. I, I just want to see some examples in practice. You know, outside of probably a little neighborhood co-op. Mm-hmm. You know, because I went to a black empowerment conference back in 16 up in uh, Chicago. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had some co-ops over there. They were selling their own tissue and mm-hmm. shea butter and, you know, and pot ass soap. <laughs> shit, I don't want. Shit. And they was there like, yeah, oh, sh- hell, yeah. Man, I don't want this shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh-uh. 
You know, I ain't in no damn tribe. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, no. <laughs> you know, I ain't knocking nobody. Right, but I don't but, want it. Yeah, I don't want it. But there are people that are wanting to pay a premium price from it. So I'm not tripping if you want to, you know, be co-opted and live in that circle. But I am saying don't limit yourself. I think that's the only way you can do it. Mm-hmm. And I just pose that challenge to everybody. And um, I want to tell everybody I appreciate everybody tuned in. I appreciate everybody that's going to look at the show later on. Changing lives. This is why you're truly Deontay Bergen with us tonight. We asked the question, does powernomics really work? Just spin back to what we were talking about earlier, you know, when uh, – uh, the beginning of tax season, I'm the owner of Majestic Business Services. Uh, make sure if you got, you know, come to us, you know, this tax season with your tax prep needs, you can visit us on the web at www.majesticbiz.com. A number at the office is 678-479-4007. Again, that's 678-479-4007. You're looking to start a business or need some kind of consulting with your current business, once you go to the uh, the website or even on the Facebook page, you can hit that link to book an appointment. Uh, if you want to buy any merchandise or look at some of the other speeches, you can go to DeontayBurden.com. Uh, you need to book any for speaking events or anything like that. You know, the, the merchandise speaking events, everything at DeontayBurden.com. The links are there uh, to get the merchandise for our online store. We also have Madame Verdan for you ladies who want to buy some stuff. We've got some new designs going to be coming out in another month. Uh, with that idea, listen to everybody. We're going to get those Images of my, my, my silhouette off oh. and everything. <laughs> have some of that sweet candy stuff you ladies like wearing and stuff. So we'll have that ready for you again. Um, what am I forgetting? Uh, make sure you go to Mr. Short Dollar. We'll put a lot of good information out and everything. And uh, as always, guys, on all the videos on YouTube, please go to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to it. I have all the links there. Uh, so, you know, you have time, just go to it. Uh, keep supporting us, and I really appreciate also support Misfits Media Group, Misfits Radio. We have some great shows on the the, the station. We've been growing immensely in the past couple of years, mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of due to you guys' network. We're streaming live on YouTube, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I'm on Periscope. <laughs> Soon to be Pandora and everything like that. So if nah, we gonna get it. We gonna get it. We gonna think positive. <laughs> but again, uh, so when you're driving, you got time to look at Pooch video. I heard that excuse. You can listen to the podcast. <laughs> so just keep supporting us and everything. I love you guys. Thanks for the support. And next week we're gonna have an awesome show. Uh, we're gonna. I'm trying to get a guest on, but we're gonna be talking about uh, uh, integration. The integration really uh, did it hurt us or not? Mm-hmm. And everything. Cause I hear a lot of people say, well, "Who doing good in segregation?" <laughs> I don't know about this shit. <laughs> I don't know about that. Are you trying that perspective too? Yeah. Good. You know, I, uh, uh, I, I like I said again. I think that. We had more, but I think it was just maybe a smaller amount had it, and it was just you know in the grand scheme of things. I don't even think it was the more thing. I think we treated the things that we had better. That's all I, I'm going with. I think I, I think we treated we 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 respected and we'll get into it. But I think we respected and uh, appreciated our neighborhoods better because it was where we you know you get what I'm saying. We respect and we appreciate it, but like. I'm going to give you a good example. You know, we were talking about banking and how, you know, they trying to gentrify the area. And we didn't, you know, grandma kept the house for so many years and paid taxes, cut the grass. And when we got it, we didn't do those things. I, I think you're absolutely right with that. The only flip side of it is, and we, we're going to reserve that for the show, mm. we forget about the effects of what crack cocaine did. Yeah. I mean, that just, that was so powerful how that affected our communities. 
we just forget about that. But, what, but it was a lot of lot of lot of people doing that made a lot of money, so the money could have been still used to save them houses. That mm. money got lost in legal fees. That money got seized. <laughs> that money got seized. But when it wasn't seized. Yeah, but you got people that were getting money that know they do nothing with money, but buy, you know, Cadillacs and gold teeth. You know, that's all, you know, you know with that. And, and even to your point, we're going to reserve it for next show. Okay. Um, I mean, like now, shit, we, we doing well. We go get a nice house. We get manicure lawns. We take care of our stuff. And you just and, Well, you know, even if you get in the neighborhood, because you, you do have some predominantly upper middle class black neighborhoods for everybody, you know, doing well and stuff yes, like that. Is. Yeah. And so you said everybody what? Take care of the yard, take mm-hmm. care of the house and everything like that. So it didn't disappear. I just think that, uh, I don't want to keep saying that. I just think sometimes people just cop out. Like, look, man, we doing all right. We ain't sitting here, you know, peanuts. Well, I just think the images were better. Mm-hmm. Especially you look at them old pictures, you see the old man in the suit, everybody groomed up nice. But, man, she, they still look, man, now. Nah. In comparison to what everybody else had, right. no, nah, no. Nah. And, again, like now we're on equal ground. When I say equal ground, I don't mean equal opportunity. I'm talking about you have opportunity to get stuff now that you didn't before. Again, if you want to make money in Australia, you can make it. If you want to make money in China, you can make it. It's just as long as you got the the knowledge, the the go getting, the discipline and stuff, you can make a lot of stuff happen. And I know we in China because I just heard on NPR how the students from Nigeria and and uh, I forget the other country are stuck in and who who paints province where the coronavirus start because the country won't bring them out, so they there, we there. It's like they say it's five thousand of them over there from Africa. They can't get them home because they don't have the money to bring them back. But t- to your point. I don't want to back because China folks don't let us over there. They over there. We don't need to bring that back till they get that damn corona off their ass. <laughs> that shit off their ass. Get that corona off their ass. <laughs> That's a whole nother damn show. Okay. Keep your fleas at home. But anyway, <laughs> but um, even the end of it all, man, I appreciate all the support that you guys are giving us, uh, me, the show, the station, and everything. Uh, but make sure you tune in next week. Well, again, we'll be in the month of Black History Month. We'll be talking about, you know, uh, has segregation or integration or uh, hurt us or anything like that. But I'm trying to get a guest on and everything so we can have a little more spirited debate uh, with that again. But thanks again for tuning in to the show. This is Change Live host by yours truly, Deontay Burden. Make sure you go to the YouTube channel, subscribe to it, leave comments on the videos, go to the Facebook channel, like it, leave comments and everything like that. Take care, you guys. See you next week. Love you.